This episode of Not Playing is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code POPCORN. It's not playing with Lex and Dan. Well, here we are again. Back on not playing with Lex and Dan. Oh, hi, Lex. Hi, Dan. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. I'm excited for uh, our film today. Uh, it is a classic. I've heard that. I've heard that. It's classic. Mm-hmm, Tell mm-hmm. me more. Well, it is a film that was the first time, as far as I know, that characters like uh, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny were part of the same project at the same time. That sounds groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking, and it was effects-making, I guess, or at least somebody had to make the special effects to make it work. I'm talking, of course, of the Robert Zemeckis classic, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Ah, so tell me, and you know, don't give away too much, but who framed Roger Rabbit? As it turns out, it was the Nazis. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I, uh, I, I have to ad- imagine that even though you haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you're at least somewhat familiar with the film. I, I am pretty, f- I'm, I'm, I don't know about super familiar, but I, I'm familiar with certain elements of it. Uh, I can tell you Bob Hoskins is in it. Yeah. I believe he plays a detective. It's kind of like a noir angle thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I can tell you Roger Rabbit <laughs> is a rabbit. He's also in the film. <laughs> He's got top And he billing. is apparently framed for murder. <laughs> well, I assume murder. What else would you frame someone for? Believe it or not, he's framed for jaywalking. Oh, wow. That is a pretty serious crime, I guess, in this era. Do you know um, other members of the cast? Well, the, I mean, I would be remiss in not mentioning Jessica Rabbit, who I believe is his wife. Okay. Do you know um, who, is, who she is voiced by or by whom she is voiced? Uh, I feel like I can hear her voice in my head, but I'm not sure I could name the actress. Okay. I won't tell you yet. We'll okay. get there. Um and I've ridden, I have ridden the Toontown ride at Disneyland, but I can't tell you much about. I just remember standing out line for a really long time. That's yeah, pretty much every Disney ride. Well, there's yeah. one more Robert Zemeckis, uh, I guess, favorite at this point, an actor that he had worked with before, who's in this film. But it, it sounds like you don't remember or are not. Oh, 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 uh, Christopher Lloyd. That's right. Is he, yes. Okay. I I've seen a couple scenes from this movie. I do remember that as a kid. It really freaked me out for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember why. I think I remember seeing a scene with someone's like eyes popping out or something, and it was just a little too, a little too graphic for me at that point. <laughs> I was uh, apparently very impressionable as a child. I think you'll be okay now, but we'll see. Okay. I think you'll be less. Scared. I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm excited for you to see it. It is. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a thigh slapper. It's not. But it is a very, you know, very well done movie, especially when you think about it in its era, because, you know, the effects were, I guess, not ahead of its time since. Well, we're talking was this 1988. Yeah, I believe that's right. Um, Yeah. Well, so that was kind of on the edge of the whole, uh, you know, computer graphics revolution, resolution, (laughs) resolution, revolution. Yeah. The graphics had a good resolution as well. That's excellent. Their resolution was to speak better. 
Um, so, all right. Well, before we get underway, mm-hmm. Lex, uh, is there a chance that you want to tell our listeners something? Is there something you want to get off your chest? Well, I want to tell them one thing. Right before we, we experience Who Framed Roger Rabbit together, I want to remind our listeners of, of this one important fact, that this episode is brought to them by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. Online portfolio. For a free trial, I'm a professional, for a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, you're going to go to squarespace.com, and this is the important part, use offer code POPCORN. When you use the offer code POPCORN, they know that we sent you, and we get filthy, filthy rich. I am really kind of hungry now. Yeah, some popcorn. for popcorn. I know. There, there was one episode where I ate uh, popcorn-flavored Jelly Belly jelly beans uh, throughout there, the watching. There was one episode where I edited you eating yeah. that and thought to myself, oh, my God, Lex is a monster. I am. I am. Uh, I have used Squarespace to build websites. It's awesome. I have friends who use Squarespace to build sites. They find it awesome. Just today, I had somebody who was saying, how do I do the squarespace style custom links you know when you know if the, if you give out like a fancy url like go to mysite.com slash lex and i explained to them because they had a squarespace site i explained to them how to do it because it's uh you got the advanced url redirect features and you got the WYSIWYG editings the thing is as you and i dan have built wordpress sites we we have lived that we've built sites by hand that's and, true uh, squarespace kind of takes the pain out of it well, I don't like pain, and I do like websites, so that seems like two great tastes that takes taste, taste, taste. Yes, they do. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Sorry, I got stuck in a little bit of a loop there. <laughs> I, the only other things I want to mention on Squarespace, remember, you're going to use the offer code POPCORN to save 10%. They're constantly improving. They're always adding new stuff, new features, new designs, and more support. I don't know how they can even add better support. They already offer it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are 100 Squarespace employees on their customer care team customer care team it's based in new york city i have been there i've been inside the squarespace offices they call it the care bear layer because that's how much the customer support team cares about you it's eight bucks a month you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year the sites are optimized for iphones and ipads and whatever other crappy devices people use so start a trial there is no credit card required to start the trial dan so you can go build your website today just go to squarespace use the offer code popcorn you're going to get 10 percent off you're going to support not playing thank you to squarespace for supporting not playing let's go frame roger rabbit all right. Sounds good. When do I press play, Dan? So, uh, we've lined up our movies to the point when the Touchstone Pictures logo fades to complete black. I have about 1 hour, 43 minutes, 33 seconds on the clock. I have the same. Great. We're going to press play in 3, 2, 1. <laughs> Dan, I have some good news for you. You uh, have just tell seen me about this. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Wait, wait. Who framed him? Uh, Christopher Lloyd, as it turned out. Oh, guess I should never have trusted Christopher Lloyd. I learned a lot based on the book. Yeah. Who censored Roger Rabbit? Yeah. I, uh, I I'm not familiar with the book, although I am familiar with the fact that in theory this movie is based on that book. That. I did not realize. I don't think it would work as well as a book. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go out on a limb there. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the book took less effort and money to create. That is probably true. Um, I'm pretty impressed with the, I got to say, the licensing, I think, gets me. I feel like, it, I, you know, it's interesting. I just saw a movie that this movie really reminds me of. Oh, there's Alan Silvestri. 
So it was, in fact, him working again with Robert Zemeckis. Yep. Um, I just saw the Lego movie. And that I have not it seen. Actually, it actually, which is, it's quite good. I, I highly recommend it. Um, but it reminds me of this movie uh, because there is that sort of like, A, there's a whole bunch of licensing um, because they use a lot of like the Lego characters yeah. who are from all the different properties. Um, and it has some, it gets a little bit into the like dividing lines between real life and, you know, fiction, non-reality, etc. I also like to point out the Raul, the director at the beginning, was played by Joel Silver. Hmm. Um which gives it a connection to both Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, which were produced by Joel Silver. So this is a, it's a Disney movie, and they produced it in conjunction with, uh, what are they called? Amblin Entertainment, which is Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. or was Steven right. Spielberg. And it was Spielberg who got Warner Brothers and Felix the Cat and Universal Pictures and Turner Entertainment to all lend their characters to the movie. Mm. Yeah, I see several uh, Mel Blanks in there. Right. That's- and they, uh, the rule was basically that all the competing characters had to be portrayed equally. So, like, Donald Duck and Daffy Duck were equally good pianists. Uh, Mickey and Bugs were on screen at the same time. Interesting. That seems very hard to control for. Uh, I have to say my favorite random bit of casting. I was staring at the, the cop, the lieutenant, trying to figure out where I knew him from. And then looked him up only to realize that he played... Uh, Admiral Mahdi in Star Wars, in the original Star Wars. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. <laughs> Very odd. So uh, I guess the, the key question is, what did you think? I, I liked it. It was fun. It's, it's, very, um, it's a very interesting movie. I feel like you don't – it's unique, right? There's not a lot of other stuff that kind of treads this exact ground. It's a very clever idea, too. I like the idea of all the tunes coexisting together. Um. And I like the noir setting because I'm a big noir fan. And there's lots of tips of the hat to different uh, noir movies in there, I feel like, or just the whole general noir atmosphere. Right. Um, Christopher Lloyd at the end still freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. It's the mix. It's, I don't know. It's like the, the creepy eyes in the actual Christopher Lloyd head. I don't know. Yeah. It's creepy, oh, it's man. definitely creepy. I mean, I remember that being scary. I, I always get uncomfortable when the final scene arrives in that factory uh, because I think I just remember back as a kid to how freaking creepy that is. Yeah, it's super creepy. I, I don't actually think it's a kid's movie. I think it ended up getting a no, PG I, rating because, I, and I don't know this, this is not like a fact that I've read on Wikipedia, but I believe that somebody must have said, either Disney or Warner Brothers, or somebody said, listen, if it's our characters in this film, it's going to be a PG film. Like, I'm not putting Mickey Mouse in a PG-13 movie. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Although I, I agree with you. I think it probably deserved a PG-13 rating just because there is there is some stuff that kind of verges on the adult, right? Although also as a kid, it I is never just noticed. creepy enough and violent enough that I feel like, I don't know. Well, it's not super. I, I, I don't know. You're right. It's kind of right on that line, right? Right. Like I, I um, my kids would be scared, certainly, of Christopher Lloyd if I showed them this movie sure. right now. But like I wouldn't mind the scenes, the, the various scenes where both human and toon characters are reaching into women's cleavage for their various purposes. Like, I don't think that that would uh, disturb my kids. I, I think they would totally miss out on the potentially sexual aspect. They probably wouldn't even get the booby trap joke, which is, I think a great joke. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, and it's definitely got a, uh, it's big on the puns. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm a fan. Um, I thought there's some excellent performances. 
Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins is one of those guys, you know, who's, you know, a British guy whose American accent is so good that it's kind of indistinguishable from an actual American accent. I think he's he's a talented guy. Um, and he would go on to work with Steven Spielberg in Hook, um, which you haven't seen. Yeah, I um I think you're right that Bob Hoskins does a great job. When you look at some of the other actors they considered for the role, you do wonder how the movie would have looked if it were, uh, you know, uh, uh, Harrison Ford or Bill Murray in the role. It would be a very different movie. That would be an incredibly different movie. I don't know if Harrison Ford could pull off. I think he'd have trouble. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just looking. I I'm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I don't know. I I liked it. I think. I think. I, I think. I would on the whole give it a positive. I wouldn't say it's my favorite of the movies that we've watched this this season. Oh yeah, it's your favorite. No, I said I. I, I don't, oh, I don't think I would consider it my favorite. I, okay. I think it's. I I liked it. I liked it. Um, I didn't find it as laugh out loud as say Coming to America. Right. Um, but I put. I would put it up there. I think it's pretty solid. Uh, it is. I'm interested to be why there's not a lot of these crossover there. We, we talked a little bit about this, I think at some point, but there, there are a few other movies that do the whole like crossover cartoon live action thing. Um, space, I feel Jam. Like the, space, Jam, <laughs> for example, well, if we're going to talk um, about the classics, yeah. Cool. Cool world is the other one that always comes to mind though. I never saw it. And that one was more of an adult movie. As I recall, um, I'm not even familiar with that one. It's, uh, it's 1992, um, and it had Kim Basinger, Gabriel Byrne, and Brad Pitt. Wow, look at that. Um, and it's a, originally pitched as an animated horror film. <laughs> um, yeah, so I uh, I think that is a very different sort of movie than the uh, than than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> um, I don't feel like I I, I uh, had too much spoiled for me by the Toontown ride at Disneyland, though. I'll say that. <laughs> That's good. I um I don't know. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, I mean, I like it. It holds a special place in my heart. But at sometimes it feels like they forget how much fun they could be having. Like to me, the yeah. opening scene where it makes absolutely no sense, but you know where it sets the illogic logic of the movie, where mm-hmm. uh, Baby Herman is a baby. But he's an actor, and Roger's an actor, and they come out of the scene, and like there's there's that moment where like the painted animated scene becomes a real world scene at the same time, like that's super cool. Um, and then there's you know the obvious fun, like I do love that Roger can get out of the handcuffs at any time, and but he can only do it when it's funny. Um, but I feel like there are times when they they don't play with it enough, and it's just like all right, we're gonna you know have some random set pieces fly around because the animated characters are touching them. But I, it feels like at some point it becomes, and I understand how this could happen, but it feels like it's, you know, a chore for them to get through some scenes instead of just like what lighthearted fun can we have with this moment? I don't know. That might be because I've seen it enough times that now I notice when it feels like they're slacking a little bit, but I like it when they're really goofing off with the whole conceit and sometimes it, it lapses a bit. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, like many of the other movies that we've watched this year, um, there was some some discussion apparently of of doing a sequel, um, including uh, at least in 2010 when they discussed it, Bob Hoskins, but he retired in 2012 because I guess he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And uh, is he so, still with us? Yes, I believe he's still around, but he's not. He's retired from acting. Um, but Zemeckis said even a year or two ago that a sequel is still possible despite Bob Hoskins' retirement. Yeah. 
Um, although I feel like the licensing of this has got to be, I feel like it's nigh impossible to. Uh, I mean, maybe if you throw enough money around, right? I feel possible, like again, yeah. if Spielberg were involved, and probably even Zemeckis at this point, but if they go, they could get enough people to say yes. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, it's so interesting. These, you know, Disney is certainly a huge move, a huge company that has a vested interest in keeping their, you know, their property to themselves. And of course, you know, there's a long history of copyright litigation based on the fact that, you know, Mickey Mouse is about to enter public domain and they get the copyright limits extended and all that. So it's interesting because, you know, they got to protect their their nest egg as it is. I will say there are. uh a series of fascinating bits of trivia on IMDb about the movie. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hoskins, son wouldn't talk to him for weeks after seeing the movie. And when Bob tried to find out why his son finally said he couldn't believe his father would work with like people like Bugs Bunny and not let him meet them. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I would have been pissed. Yeah. I would have been pissed. Like I said, you know, Bugs and Mickey and Daffy and, and uh, Donald are always on screen at the same time so that they have equal screen time. And apparently the reason there's no question mark in the title is that's considered bad luck in the film industry, which I didn't know. Really? And um, if you thought that uh, Christopher Lloyd was scary, Tim Curry auditioned for the role of Judge Ooh. Doom. And uh, he gave a performance that Robert Zemeckis, Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and Michael Eisner all found quite terrifying. So they went with Christopher uh, <laughs> Lloyd instead. <laughs> that was probably for the best. Um, wow. Yeah, the uh, the I'm Not Bad, I'm Just Drawn That Way was apparently nominated for 100 Years 100 Movie Quotes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess. So, yeah, I don't know. Wow. Oh, I'm reading the section about how Donald uh, supposedly calls Daffy bad things. Oh, okay. Yeah, d- doggone stubborn little. Yeah, okay. doggone stubborn little. Yeah. It's it's tricky when you have a lisp, uh, a speech impediment. Right. That's... Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, wow. there's, there's a, you know, they say there's various inappropriate things in the movie if you go frame by frame. So don't, don't go frame. Yeah, by but frame. that's that they say that about every Disney movie right. ever. Well, this this here the animators could draw the stuff in. Yeah, but yes, you're right. Uh, but this is interesting to me. When the Toon Train hits the dip machine, each window of the train shows a murder or death taking place. Okay, <laughs> that's fun. Wow. Yeah. There's a wow. I'm reading about the. Uh, there was a prequel written called Roger Rabbit the Toon Platoon set in 1941 um, that involved the World War II but Spielberg of course will famously uh, not do joke Nazis again after doing Schindler's List mm-hmm. um, which is why there were no Nazi spoiler in the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Uh. also timing you know but yeah he uh, he famously said afterwards they couldn't do that and like portrayed them in a humorous light anymore which is understandable um but yeah it's you know it's it's i think it's an impressive accomplishment i I, you know i'll say i think it holds up better than i expected it to i mean there's certainly there's some weirdness with the animation well i mean but animation i don't know i think 2d animation has a kind of timelessness to it which is nice i mean you don't go back and look at like snow white and be like oh god man if they had cgi this movie would be so much better it's uh yeah i mean i just meant that you know I think because of frame rates and things, the, sometimes the animation is like almost Dr. Katz-esque. Like it's a little bit wobbly or something in some yeah, scenes, especially sure. when, when there's edges between humans and animated stuff. It gets Everything gets a little bit shaky, but really it does. It, it, like you said, since, since there is that timeless quality to, to 2D animation, it holds up. But you know, just the, 
the low rent way, and I, I mean that not in a negative way, but the low rent way that they accomplished, uh, you know, the the real world effects um, hold up really well. It's not like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, which don't hold up. Like, you know, when stuff falls down, it falls down. That's the thing. Practical effects, I think, age tend to age much better than digital effects because digital effects advance have advanced so quickly. So, you know, I feel the same way about if you go back and watch some of the original Star Wars movies, for example, from the 70s and 80s, they really rely on practical effects. And I think those things look a lot more real than if you look at the CGI from a movie that was done 10 or 15 years ago, it looks very dated. And you can tell all the lighting's wrong and stuff isn't, you know, it keeps getting better. But the, the effect of that is it gets better so much quicker that it looks outdated much faster. Whereas practical effects, I think, have been, you know, honed over 100 years, right? So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, experience with them. That's interesting. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I also I I enjoyed reading that uh, Charles Fleischer, the voice of Roger Rabbit, uh, would work on set in costume, <laughs> complete with rabbit ears, yellow gloves, and orange coveralls to read his lines. That is special. And when other folks around the studios would see him, they would say, "Oh boy, that rabbit movie is going to be terrible." <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Apparently, Amy Irving, a different actress, supplied the singing role yeah. of Jessica Rabbit. That's pretty good. But all in all, I think she oh, was. Go ahead. Sorry, uh, she. Oh yeah, she was also she dated Steven Spielberg, but they had broken up long before this. So he, he had had relationships with everybody. Who oh wait, voiced. no, no, I'm sorry, I, I miss, I'm un, incorrect. They got back together and married and were married, but while this was being made. Interesting. But I would say. That all in all, I I do think it's you know it's it's an entertaining movie. It's not hilarious. It's not um, amazing. But I, I will pause to watch it if it's on without commercials at least. Um, wow. And it's you know it's good. Oh, and and of course Charles Fleischer guest starred in the Weird Al show. <laughs> as I love the Wikipedia entry said, as a guy in a band. <laughs> as a guy in a bandana, wow. you said. No, in a band. Oh, in a band. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, I, I'm glad to have seen it. I'm glad I can check that off. Um, <laughs> I, I add it to my list. Well, uh, if there's one thing that you learned this, uh, you know, watching this movie, I hope it's that although Ro- Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote briefly appear in that final shot, they hadn't yet been created at the time the movie was set, and they were given a small cameo anyway at Steven Spielberg's insistence. To me, that's the important well, takeaway. That I think that is the thing that I'll remember the most about this movie and um if there's one more fact that i think can tie this all together <laughs> it's you i need to take you off the internet it's that eddie murphy uh told, said on inside the actor studio that he turned down the role of eddie valley he regrets that decision probably because wow. he wouldn't have had to learn to answer to a different name and this is the best part yeah that's the best part of playing a character that has the same name as yeah you. well so uh dan i feel like we've each watched a lot of movies that uh one of us has seen but it's been a long time since our premiere when we watched beverly hills cop together which neither of us had seen that's true you think we should go back and maybe for our last episode of the season watch something else that we both have not seen i think that sounds great but when you say last episode of the season is the show over forever well (laughs) Yes, <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. No, I, I, you know, the show's future, I think, is is ahead of it. That's right. I think I can say that safely. Well, so what's a? I feel like given the the run we've had, although we've we've gone out of the comedy genre from time to time, I do feel like we should end 
on a, a comedy film from the 80s that neither of us has Well, seen. I mean, uh, what about a comedy that's injected with a little bit of drama and maybe a little bit of action? That seems perfect. Well, what kind of I action? think we'll mix all three of those. Uh, I think, well, it's the 80s, right? Yeah. So when, when I think of the 80s and I think of action, the thing that comes to mind is martial arts. I agree. And I, I would say, I don't know, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I really wanted to take karate lessons. So I'm going to say karate would be a good choice. When you were a kid, you say? Yes. Well, why don't we meld those two things and watch The Child of Karate? Ooh, that sounds really the good. The problem is that movie never existed, but my fallback option. Okay, let's hear it. The Karate Kid Ooh. with my cousin Vinny star, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> and your cousin, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> uh, do you think, I? this seems crazy, but... Do you think there's anyone out there besides us who hasn't seen The Karate Kid? I have it on special authority that uh, host of The Incomparable and uh, editorial director of Macworld and some other stuff, Jason Snell, has never seen The Karate Kid either. What? It's true. He is as unschooled in the ways of karate as you and I? As they say, Jason hasn't seen it. Wow. That was a that was an early dismissed name for our podcast. <laughs> Decided not to go with that. Well, I think that we should uh, wax on and wax poetic about the Karate Kid next week on the season finale of Not Playing. That sounds good. I'll uh, give Jason a call and see if he'd be willing to join. All right, us. Let's make it happen. Maybe we can get together. Just the, just the three of that us. That would be nice. That'd be fun. All right. Well, I'll see All you right. next time here, Dan, on Not Playing with Lex and Dan and Jason Snell. I look forward to it. Good night, everybody. You are a step ahead of the jokes here. I'm proud of you. I'm I'm slightly more clever than a 1988 movie. <laughs> they, they were new when the movie came out. <laughs>